What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Me and the guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality one topic at a time. This is Icarus Boreati with Shane Jones. What's up, guys, and welcome back to Inquiries of Our Reality. I'm your host, Shane, as always, and today I have a very eye-opening conversation for you guys about exactly what your status is in this country. But before we get into this deep, long, intricate, awesome conversation, uh, we got to run through the front of house stuff real quick. So if you guys don't mind reviewing or sharing the show, if you guys like the show, I definitely appreciate it. And if you guys go over to iTunes and you guys leave an awesome typed out review, um, I'm going to give you guys a shout out on the show, of course, and read it out on the show. Um, And as simple as sharing with a friend, if you know that they're into any of the weird topics I like to talk about on the show, definitely appreciate it. Even tagging friends in the post on the Instagram, always a good thing to do. And I definitely appreciate you guys for doing so. Um, If you guys want to get updates on the show, anything going on, new episodes dropping, anything cool going on in my life, uh, you guys can pop over to the social media and come check it out. Uh, The one I'm the most active on, of course, is Instagram. 
Uh, I also have a Telegram or a Discord set up if you want to pop in there and have some awesome conversations with some awesome people. Uh, if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show, whether you're an author, researcher, experiencer, uh, anybody that's into any of these open-minded, deep concepts, even even theories, this is an open-minded talk show, so it, it's kind of a full spectrum, but I'd love to sit down and talk to you guys. Definitely shoot me a message on social media. That's one option. Uh, you guys can also shoot me an email at inquiriesofallrealitypodcast at outlook.com, or you could go over to the link tree and fill out the submission form up at the top, and that'll go directly to my email. I do respond to every single email that I get, but more often than not, they seem to always go to the spam or junk folder. So definitely keep an eye out for there and make sure that you don't miss my responses to your email. Uh, if you guys want to look into some other stuff that I'm doing, you guys can go and check out Bizarre Encounters that I do with my two awesome co-hosts, Oren and Jenny. Uh, we always got some cool, exciting stuff going on over there if you're into, exactly as the title says, Bizarre weird, strange encounters. Uh, if you guys want to check out all of the other little variations of little shows that I do and anything else I got going on in the future, you guys can go and check out Open Minds Media. I kind of use that as the umbrella for all the shows that I do. As you can see with that little uh, symbol in the corner with the open mind, of course, just like the conversations tend to be. Uh, if you guys want to support the show and support everything that I'm doing, there's multiple ways to do so. Uh, the first one is you can go over and check out the Patreon. There you'll get ad-free shows, you'll get live access to shows, you'll get access to live replays of shows if you're not able to make it to the lives. Um, also get some merch discounts. Uh, there's a couple different things. There's a couple different tiers, so go and check it out, see what uh, which one seems to fit and suit you the best. Uh, there's also some exclusive shows that I'll be working on in the future that are going to be just Patreon exclusives, such as Inquiries, Thoughts, and Theories. Um, if you guys wanted to donate to the show, which I definitely appreciate to uh, help me spend more time doing uh, this type of work, digging into stuff, um, getting updated equipment, anything that I happen to need for the show. Uh, there's multiple ways to do that. Uh, you can do so through Red, Red Circle, which is the RSS host. You can uh, pop over to PayPal, uh, Venmo, Cash App, and anything you guys donate, of course, I'll give you a shout out and I definitely appreciate it. Uh, you guys can also go and check out the Open Minds Media merch store where there you'll find merchandise for all of the shows that I do. Uh, inquiries are reality, bizarre encounters, bite-sized bizarreties, all that stuff, all available, all in one place. Try to make it easy so you guys don't have to look up multiple stores for multiple shows. So go and check out the Open Minds Media merch store. And if you guys want to get yourself some additional awesome merch, you guys can go and check out Crypto Theology. There you'll find some awesome merchandise that has to do with cryptids, aliens, paranormal stuff. And it's always expanding. A bunch of really cool parody designs, a bunch of original designs, of course, too. Um, go and check that all that out. Always something great going on over there. Joe's always killing it with his awesome designs. Uh, everything that I've mentioned, of course, all available under the link tree. Try to make it quick and easy all in one place. Uh, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Increase Our Reality Podcast or you can go down to the, uh, the show description and you'll find the link there. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome author and common law lawyer, Brandon Joe Williams to the show. How's it going today, man? What's up? So uh, for anybody that may not know exactly who you are or what you do, why don't you kind of give them an idea about uh, what exactly you do, man? So what I do is I, I look through the law and I find things, not just like a lot of people think loopholes, right? Uh, loopholes are like clever, interesting little things that may give you a slight additional upper hand that can easily be closed up if needed. This is way beyond, beyond loopholes. This is like, uh, like glory holes. Okay. 
uh, I find glory holes in the law and then I basically, I basically study them very, very much. And then I basically dumb them down to Beavis and butthead level. And I explained them in a way where you could have never read anything. You could, you could have never even heard of the word law in your life and you'd understand what I'm talking about. And then I teach you how to use those things to your advantage. And then I connect the dots between whatever it is that I'm trying to teach you and other things. And, uh, it's 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 pretty fucking wild. So it's kind pretty of pretty fucking wild. Kind of breaking it down a little bit. Uh, what's some of the stuff that you've dug into as far as like trying to find loopholes? Like uh, what what exactly are the benefits of the loopholes? So so there's a lot of things. So so many things that it's almost overwhelming to even start. So first and foremost, every single American person is has both a citizenship and a nationality. Right. And basically there, there are certain aspects to both of those things. Right. And you can actually get rid of your citizenship and retain your nationality. And by doing that, there's all sorts of amazing benefits such as never paying taxes again, et cetera. Um, but, but a lot of what I do, a lot of what I focus into and a lot of what I really, really focus into is definitions. Right. So whenever you go through any of the statutes or any of the laws, the, the first and foremost aspect to any law or statute or anything legal at all as a definition section. And this goes way back. This is like hundreds and hundreds of years. This is the way it's been done, right? For people who are unaware. So you could look up a, you could look up a, an act that was passed by Congress from 200 years ago, and it's going to start with the definition section, and then it's going to go into the actual law or the act or whatever. So definitions are sort of like the 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 basic essence of law and the best basic essence of language. And uh, so so there's a lot of people who study the law and this and that and blah blah blah. But there isn't hardly anybody who 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 specifically focuses on the definitions in law. And you may think that's a little bit boring or a little bit bookwormish, but actually, in fact, it's the by far the most exciting thing that you can possibly imagine to the point where uh, we're not paying federal income tax. We're not paying state tax. We're not paying sales tax. We're driving around with no license, no registration uh, legally. It's all legal. Uh, You can own all the arms you want that would normally be considered illegal. You don't realize that the definition of arm and the definition of firearm are two entirely different definitions. The definition of motor vehicle versus the definition of motor carrier are two entirely different definitions. The definition of citizenship versus nationality are two completely different definitions. The definition of taxpayer, the definition of taxes is completely different than you'd ever imagine in your entire life. The definition of United States, you have absolutely no idea. Not a single person, I would assume, that will be listening to this show has even the slightest clue. They think 100% sure that they know exactly what the definition of United States is. And I'm here to say that you have absolutely no idea what the definition of United States actually means. And when you learn what it actually means, it will shock you to your core because the definition of United States means only and exclusively the District of Columbia. So that being said, they're only talking about one specific location rather than the whole country itself? 
Precisely. So when you when you sign a W-9 form, a tax form, and it says that how much money did you make from the United States or you do your taxes, it's going to ask you how much money did you make from the United States? The defin- what they're asking you is they're asking you how much money did you make from the District of Columbia? And the answer for 90, whatever, 5% of Americans is zero. That's so that is that uh, where you kind of start breaking down the idea of like how to exactly live off the system and not pay taxes is you find that loophole. And then after that, how do you, how do you like put that into action? Well, that's why I said at the beginning, you know, people want to use the word loophole. It's not really a loophole because the thing is, is that a loophole is sort of like the definition of a loophole is almost like uh, someone didn't describe something quite clearly. And there's like a little bit of wiggle room there and you can kind of like jam yourself into it and you can, you can benefit from, from that little, that little wiggle room. The problem with the loophole is that they can very, very rapidly and easily just clean up and fix that loophole and it'll close. Right. Um, so is it more of a technicality is, then? No, this is this is like this is massive. The definition of United States being only and exclusively the District of Columbia. That definition's been the same since 1871. So even when that was originally written, it still didn't include the like actual like colonies. It was just that specific nope. location. United States, the definition of United States has never included any of the states of the union. Hmm. Not any of them. The 50 states of the union are actually each one individually separate countries from United States. So United States is a country. It's a separate corporate zone called the District of Columbia. And it's completely separate from America. The District of Columbia is not not technically legally in America. So United States is a country. And then the United States of America is a separate country, but it's not really a country. California is a country. Nevada is a country. New Mexico is a country. Texas is a country, right? So, so the way it works is we actually have 51 countries in America. And that's kind of where the individual law, as far as like states and everything come, come into play. Exactly. And that's why the sheriffs are the big boys. The sheriffs are the gods. The sheriffs are the fucking Kings because the sheriffs are the, the state power structure of it. It doesn't get any higher than the sheriffs. The, the sheriffs is as high as it goes. People think like, Oh, the FBI and this and that. No, the, the sheriffs have to actually give jurisdiction to the FBI for the FBI to be able to take over anything in any area. The sheriffs can tell the FBI to go fuck themselves and they actually have to fuck themselves basically do most sheriffs actually know that or is it more so that they just kind of intimidate and assume that they can't do anything so they just kind of give jurisdiction without actually knowing what power they may actually possess the the sheriffs get intimidated a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of federal intimidation that occurs towards the sheriffs and sometimes the sheriffs are just happy to have some backup because it might be a really huge kind of nasty situation too it just depends uh it's hit or miss some sheriffs know about some of this information. Some do not. So um, <clears throat> going back to the whole states thing. So assumably because of the way this system set up, that's where you start having things where something's legal in the state, but not federally legal. And the reason why the federal government doesn't come in and act is because they're aware of all these things and they purposely will kind of do that intimidation thing where everybody assumes that they have control over everything, but realistically it's actually the states. And that's why they're able to do things like that. Right. 
it, it gets it gets quite a bit more complicated. So 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 United States. So I'm going to go ahead and give you guys the exact references on this. So if you go to if you go into Google and you type in 28 space USC space 3002 USC stands for United States code. Uh, you're going to pull that up on Cornell University, and then you're going to go down to uh, to subsection 15, and it'll say United States is defined as, and then definition A is a federal corporation. Okay, and the federal corporation is is the District of Columbia. Then you're going to go to back to Google again. You're going to type in uh, UCC space. Um, Oh, geez, I'm going blank. I've never gone blank on this before. UCC 3 dash, let me see here, uh, 9 dash 307, I believe it is. Yeah. So it's UCC space 9 dash 307. You're going to go down to subsection H. Subsection H says location of United States. And then it says the United States is located in the District of Columbia. Okay. So what happened was you have United States, which is a private for-profit corporation that's located in the district of Columbia. And then what happened is, is that every single state has also been converted into a corporate element. So when you see the words state of California and they're in all capital letters, like what you see on voter registration in California, a lot of, a lot of states have voter registration. And then on there, you know, I attest that I am a resident of state of Montana, state of Utah, state of New Jersey, state of Texas. It's in all capital letters. So state of Texas, state of Utah, state of California, those are all private for-profit subcorporations of United States. And each one of those subcorporations are physically located in the District of Columbia. So those corporations have absolutely nothing to do with the state that you live in. California and state of California are two completely different zones. One is incorporated and located in the District of Columbia. The other one is unincorporated and located in California. So they have subsections in the District of Columbia, assumably for each state, and that's where the corporation part's held, and then the actual states themselves are their own separate entities? Exactly. So, so Gavin Newsom in California, he's not the governor of California. He's the governor of the incorporated private for-profit corporation that's known as state of California, of which is physically located in the district of Columbia. The problem is, is that every single person in California who signs for voter registration or who signs other documentation stating that they live in the state of California is legally stating under penalty of perjury that they live in the district of Columbia and are thus underneath the governor's will. So people who actually live in California are not governed by Gavin Newsom. People who live or who state on paper that they live inside of the corporate zone known as state of California are governed, governed by Gavin Newsom. So essentially at that point, that would mean that pretty much anything that your governor or whatever says, 
you don't technically have to follow it because you're not actually in their zone, but it's more so just one of those things where you word stuff differently and it just kind of tricks people because they assumably think that both of those things are the same thing because they just have the state in it versus kind of like, you know, saying United States versus United States of America. I mean, two different things, but they sound the same just because of the wording. Precisely. And that's the whole, that's the whole scam. This whole thing is a gigantic scam, right? So for example, taxation. The government can only tax people who live in the District of Columbia. So if you if you say, like, for example, the the term U, U.S. citizen is a very common term. Everybody, oh, yeah, I'm a U.S. citizen. I'm a U.S. citizen. Well, U.S. is short for United States. United States means only and exclusively the District of Columbia. And then the word Citizen, the legal definition of the word citizen is somebody who gives dominion over to another person or group in exchange for protection, essentially, right? So what the term U.S. citizen actually means is it means somebody who has willingly given away their own dominion to the District of Columbia in exchange for protections of their privileges from the District of Columbia. And that's essentially what U.S. citizen actually means, okay? Now, when you're a U.S. citizen, on paper, you live in the District of Columbia, and that's how they tax you because they can only tax people who are in the District of Columbia because they only have jurisdiction over their own corporate zone because they are legally a corporation, they have nothing to do with and no jurisdiction over and absolutely no power inside of the 50 states of the union, the Republic. They only have power over the District of Columbia and their own territories. Their territories include Guam and Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands and um, American Samoa, which nobody has ever really gone to these places and nobody really knows anybody from these places. They're very small places, but those are territories of United States. The 50 states of the union are not territories of the United States at all and have absolutely nothing to do with the United States in any way, shape or form. So it's sort of this like super strange, totally false illusionary nightmare that we're living in where everyone thinks that they're living inside of states when they're not, they're actually living inside corporate elements that live in the Washington, D.C. There is no state government. Like, for example, in California, there is no state government. There's only, there's only state of California government, which is a corporate government that is basically uh, governing people who state that they live in Washington, D.C. and not California. So all the stuff that you see that's being passed in California that involves California, it doesn't really involve California at all. It only involves people who say they live in state of California. So as soon as you correct all that and you go through all your contracts and you cancel voter registration and you, and you, and you fix your driver's license and you fix all your different documentation that you've ever signed that says that you live in state of California, well, now you don't live in the state of California anymore. You live in California, which is a completely different place. So is that where uh, the aspect comes in of not paying taxes? Like, would that also include like your paychecks? That if you set up your <clears throat> set up your citizenship in that way, then even on your like taxes that you're getting back on your paycheck, they wouldn't be pulling anything off of it because you you found that uh, technicality or loophole or whatever you want to call it. 
Yeah, I don't know what I would call it. I call it. I call it like it, it's so far beyond a technicality or a loophole. It, this is. This is. The, the whole thing is a giant, massive scam, and you're basically learning how to exit that scam entirely and legally and within the framework of their own rules because they, they let you leave. There is an exit door. As long as you find the exit door and you locate it and you know the definitions of the various words, terms, and phrases, you can literally just walk right out the exit door. It's, it's, it's not really like a, it's not really like a loophole or a technicality. It's more like, it's more like, how can you play the game if you don't understand the game? And then once you understand the game, you just you just walk away from the game, literally. So like that's ass- what it is. Assumably, like with like you're, the- you're not even you're not even in that world anymore. It's not a loophole. It's not a technicality because you you are exiting the whole. You're, you're like you're like in this poker tournament. Essentially, you don't know how to play poker, and you're in this poker tournament. And you're losing, losing, losing. And then you 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 learn, and then you start winning, and then you just say "fuck it, I'm done." You just you just leave, full blown. You're just gone. So, assumably, too, like there's different levels to like the elites, as far as I'm concerned. There's like the people that everybody assumes are the elites, but they're not actually the elites. And then the actual elite elites are the people that nobody actually knows their name. So, those elite elites know all of this stuff and probably none of them pay taxes have anything to do with any of this and then the regular like elites are the ones that are paying taxes that are the ones that everybody kind of has their eye on like oh they're not paying taxes they're going to get in trouble things like that and then they kind of use them to kind of scare people to think that there's not a way to get out of it because they think that the high ups that aren't actually the highest ups are paying taxes just like them the the elite elites designed this entire game they aren't just they don't just know it they designed it they are the engineers of everything i'm talking about okay below that your elites those are people who who probably know somewhat about some of this information or or they are sort of like assisted in some way by a higher level to sort of operate with some of this information but they don't really totally understand it uh it's easy to control people in that kind of a situation because uh as soon as you yank your assistants away from them, they're kind of fucked because they don't really know what they're doing. They're just being helped through some sort of assistance. You know what I mean? So, um, there, there, the other problem to all of this is there's so many different angles. There's so many different angles. You have taxation, you have citizenship versus nationality. You have a lot of financial related and banking related arms of all of this. You have, um, you know, the legal end of like uh, suing someone else or being sued. You have that whole element, right? And how that all works. You have transportational elements of how, how all of that works. You have, there's so many offshoots in terms of what I'm talking about. And there's so many different angles and aspects of what I'm talking about that even the people who are at the elite level who may know some things about some things, they don't know about all the different things because there's just so many different things. And there's so many different rules. There's so many different laws. There's so many different aspects. So uh, it goes. It goes both ways. It's. Uh, it's. You know. It's. 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 It's one of those things where we're trained on the lower levels to not know any of this and not understand any of this and just think that we're U.S. citizens and blah 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 blah. Right. And then, 
But the thing is, is that we're, we're actually living in a world that's completely opposite of what we thought it was. Like, for example, a U.S. citizen doesn't actually live in America at all. A U.S. citizen does not have a constitutional rights because the U.S. citizen does not live in America. A U.S. citizen does not have the Bill of Rights because a U.S. citizen does not live in America. A U.S. citizen does not have the right of free speech. A U.S. citizen does not have the right to bear arms. A U.S. citizen does not have uh, the right to uh, self-incrimination. A, a U.S. citizen... So, so according to the Supreme Court, and I have that actually right here, but I don't have it memorized. Um, let me pull this up for you. It's on my state national theory page. There's only one single solitary right. Now there's a difference between a right and a privilege. Privileges can be taken away. Rights cannot. Right. So there's only one single solitary right that a U.S. citizen has. And that right is pull this up here. Just give me a moment. Here it is. Okay. So uh, the only, here it is. Uh, this is Supreme Court, U.S. versus Valentine. The only absolute and unqualified right of a United States citizen is to residence within the territorial boundaries of the United States. So, assumably, that that's a control that, thing to begin with because they want you to stay within their parameters. Yeah, your only right as a U.S. citizen is to be in Washington, D.C., to be physically located inside of Washington, D.C. And you could say to yourself, well, Brandon, you're not a U.S. citizen. So do you have a right to be physically located inside Washington, D.C.? I actually don't know. Like, for example, if I was going to go to Washington, D.C., which I'm not going to do, but if I was going to go to Washington, D.C., I would probably call the Department of the Interior or the Department of State or, or, or somebody, and I would say, hey, I'm a national looking to travel into the territorial boundaries of the of 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 Washington DC uh can I get some written permission or something to do so because the thing is is that I'm not a US citizen so I would assume I don't have the right to just waltz into their foreign territory uh but assumably, right? too, the so, people that would enforce that probably don't know that law. So you could probably get in there and there wouldn't be anybody with knowledge to actually enforce it in the first place, right? Uh, yeah, but it's like, it, it's the same. What you're saying is the same idea as like going to Iran and being like, oh, well, the people in Iran don't know. So I'm just going to waltz in there like, no, like, <laughs> no, you, you you wouldn't do that. You would, you would, you don't want to become a stateless person and just waltz into some country that you don't have any right to be there because now you're just fucked basically. Right. So yeah, you get a traffic ticket, anything like that. And they could totally throw you through the ringer after that, or even just like the smallest offense. Well, you don't even know, you don't even know you're not even supposed to be there. Right. So, so a, a national of the United States, essentially it, it's a little more complicated. There's a lot of things where they talk about, nationals and that kind of thing in the United States code. And when you become a national, you become what's called an internationally protected person. And then they're, they're actually supposed to protect you internationally. Isn't that so, 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 so the government is very friendly towards nationals more so than even us citizens, which is hilarious. Uh, but the thing is, is that even with that said, I probably would still contact 
somebody in Homeland Security or something like that uh, before I would just go driving up into Washington, D.C., to be totally honest with you. So, assumably, like a lot of these high-up elites, when they go to D.C., they honestly probably get written permission every single time, and they just kind of keep it under the table to keep it quiet, again, so that people don't actually start digging into things and figuring stuff out for themselves, right? Well, yeah, it's no different than than the president of China or the president of South Korea or something wanting to come to Washington, D.C. I mean, they wouldn't just fly in and say, what's up, boys, and start popping bottles. You know what I mean? They'd probably be like, They'd probably call up, you know, the Department of 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 Foreign Relations or something like that, and they'd say, "Hey, you know, I'm thinking about coming by and visiting your, your boy." You know what I mean? And uh, you know, you guys want you guys you guys want to have me? You want to pop some bottles? What do you want to do? You know? And then they would plan a time, and then they would set it up. You know what I mean? So it's it's sort of the same. It's the same idea, basically. For maybe not for nationals, but like uh, there's, there's a part of me, I would, if I was going to go to Washington DC, I'd probably call somebody up and, and, and let them know. You know what I mean? I almost wonder if there's something else that's written just to kind of cover that. Cause assumably there's a lot of people that are using this that again, that are at like the high up elites. So I almost wonder if there's like another subsection that they hid and writ, wrote somewhere for themselves so that they are able to go into DC without actually having to get like technical permission every single time. Maybe. I mean, we're, we're nationals are basically, this is as per, if anybody wants to look up this information for themselves, I try to give, you know, original information much as I can. It's, it's, uh, you go on to Google and you type in 18 space USC space one, one, two. That's the section that, that talks a lot about foreign diplomats, foreign officials, uh, you know, state, you know, nationals, what kind of foreign diplomatic status does a national have that, that, uh, that, that is pretty much like here, for example, I have these special license plates. Official guest of the United States, uh, Persuading to 18 USC and 112. Yeah, and then my DOT numbers below, which I have my hand over. But uh, yeah, it's uh, basically like one of the one of the six terms that are used to describe nationals is official guest. And you can just use these terms however you want. Like someone says, like, "Are you a U.S. citizen?" and I and I say, "No." And then there's seven different terms that I can use to say, "What am I?" I can say uh, the seven different terms are the first one is your, your state of which you live in. There's actually a, um, a section in, I believe it has to do with Homeland security. I have a document on it and it, it has a different name for each person in each state. Like for example, I'm a Californian. So I can say, they say, are you a, are you a U.S. citizen? I say, no, I'm a Californian. That is one of the legal terms that I can use to describe what what I am, what my now now I don't have a citizenship, I have a nationality. Those are two totally different words that people don't realize are totally different. So, so so someone says, "What is your citizenship status?" I would say, "I don't have a citizenship. I have a nationality, and I am a non." citizen national i am a californian that's how i would say it right but according to 18 usc 112 i can say that i'm a foreign government i can say that i'm a foreign official 
I can say that I'm an internationally protected person. I can say that I'm an international organization. I can say that I'm a national of the United States. That's the one that everyone knows. Or I can say that I'm an official guest. So on my license plate that you saw there, official guest, that's one of the official six terms that I can use to describe my nationality, according to the United States Code. So that's like the license plate that you use? Because I was going to ask, as far as like uh, for like age verification, like having like an ID or like a license plate on your car, like how exactly do you get it around that with having like the title that you do? Because you know, assumably you wouldn't necessarily need an ID to open up a bunch of things, but it's still for like age verification. If you're trying to buy alcohol, things like that, you'd still need some type of like identification, right? Yeah. So, so a lot of this comes down to, you know, a lot of people know about the, the sovereign citizen movement, right? So uh, there, there, the, the, the big, the big, the big, uh, the big line, if you want to say a line between success and failure is, are you operating off of your emotions or are you operating off of definitions of terms and words? Right. In my opinion, this is my opinion. And this is something that that sets my my what I'm doing very much apart from pretty much what everybody else is doing. So people get angry about, oh, I have the right to travel and oh, this and that. No, 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 fuck all that. I don't get emotional at all, right? There, there is literally in the United States Code, there are completely different definitions between motor vehicle and motor carrier. Motor vehicle and motor carrier are defined completely differently. They're completely different words. So a motor vehicle is something that is used only and explicitly in commerce. That's why when you go to the Department of Motor Vehicles and you get a license and you get you get license plates and you get a registration they have full jurisdiction over you because every single thing that comes out of a department of motor vehicles is all commerce. But when you go to the DOT website, which is actually senior to the department of motor vehicles, the department of motor vehicles is a sub corporation located underneath the department of transportation. The department of transportation is one of the main 15 departments of the government. So if you go above the, the, the DMV is like the little baby, little bitch baby, right? You go above that and you go to the DOT, you go to the big boys at the top, you can get a fucking DOT number just like on my plates right here. Now a DOT number is not for motor vehicles. A DOT number is for motor carriers. Now motor carriers by definition can be for profit or they can be private. A private motor carrier is non-commerce. All of the tickets that you're going to get and speeding and blowing a stop sign, even speed limit signs themselves only apply to people that are in commerce. They don't apply to private motor carriers. So you can get a DOT number from the DOT website for free, instantaneously issued to you. You only need one number for all of your automobiles. And it's called a private motor carrier DOT number. 
And all you have to do is go online. You don't have any smog. You don't have to worry about cops pulling you over and giving you tickets for your, your, your parking light being out or your windshield being broken or speeding going too fast. All that shit is all commerce only. Once you're in the private and you're a private motor carrier, they can't do any of those things to you ever again. So the thing is, is that uh, people say like, oh, this is a huge secret and blah, blah, blah. It's not. It, they literally, it's right on their website. Even in California, if you look up um, a, a motor carrier permit, an MCP, it literally has a whole section on the California website. Who does not need a, an MCP? And it says right on there, like people who are not in commerce, people who are transporting personal property, private property, people who are transporting uh, passengers for their own use, like blah, 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 blah. They're not for hire. They're private, which is 90, maybe not 90, but like 85 or 80% of, or it's a large number of everyone driving around. They're driving their own private automobile for their own private purpose purposes right so the thing is is that the officer pulls you over and he, he he refers to your vehicle as a motor vehicle and and it's like whoa wait a second I, this is not a motor vehicle this is actually a motor carrier oh well blah, blah, and they think you're fucking whatever bullshit blah blah, blah. but the thing is is all you got to do is just whatever tickets they want to give you just take them you go into court and you say hey i i'm not driving a, a motor vehicle there was no evidence of me being in, involved in commerce. Like you tell the cop, he pulls you over like officer. You think I'm involved in commerce right now. What do you think I'm transporting? You know what I mean? Like let's say there's other people in the car. Like, do you think I'm transporting these people for, for, for profit? And you look at them and you say, Hey, am I transporting you for profit? And they say no to the officer. And it's like, okay. I'm not in commerce right now. So this is not a motor vehicle. This is actually a motor carrier. And then it's like, oh, well, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, all right, fine, fine. Give me the tickets and then we'll go to court and we'll we'll handle this in court. And you just go to court and you say the same thing. You say, look, uh, I'm not driving a, a motor vehicle and I'm not involved in commerce. And if the officer can't prove that that I was involved in commerce, that I'm involved in commerce, then then by definition, just like my DOT number says, I'm, I'm a private motor carrier as per the fucking DOT, which is senior to the fucking Department of Motor Vehicles. They're the big boys. The DOT is as high as it goes when it comes to transportation. Uh, I have all my paperwork, all my shits in order. Everything's in order. And they go and they go. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're a private motor vehicle, motor carrier. You're not a motor vehicle and you're, you're free to go. And they just wipe all the tickets away. If you want to, you can counter sue and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's one of those things where so 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 few people know about any of this information that there's just a, a, a lot of emotional chaos associated with all of this, right? No one reads the fucking law. Nobody. <laughs> not a cop, not a fucking lawyer, maybe a judge. That's about it. No one else is reading the fucking law, bro. People, people hire lawyers like thinking like, oh, lawyers read the law. Lawyers don't read the fucking law at all. Think about how much lawyers stuff there really the is though, at all. that people just assume is a law and they don't actually look into it because they just assume that it's a law and then they act on that. Exactly. Exactly. And then, and then you, you want to know how to be a really successful lawyer. You, you could, you could wake up tomorrow and start doing this 
and you would be one of the most successful lawyers in the world because you don't need a license. You don't need, you don't need education. You don't need a fucking anything to be a lawyer. Every single person listening to this could be a lawyer today or tomorrow if they wanted to, right? It's a fucking joke, right? The way to be the best lawyer in the fucking world and the way to get off anybody like OJ style, really, I mean, you could literally have somebody who's like fucking smoking gun in hand. You can get them off. All you do is just say, what are all the statutes and laws that you're operating off of? And then you dig, 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 and drill and drill into all the definitions of all the words inside of all those statutes. That's literally like you are officially invincible. You do that shit and, and, and you, you, you're, it's over. It's done. Like you could, you could literally drive 160 miles an hour all day long. You can't like crash into people and hurt people. That's a whole different subject. But when it comes to victimless crimes, you could be smoking fucking crack going like 180 miles an hour in a car that doesn't even have a fucking hood or like lights. And like there, 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 there ain't shit. They're going to be able to do to you. You just say definition of this definition of that definition of this. What's this? What's this? Show me that law. What's the definition of this? And they're there. It's, it's over, bro. You just, you just, you just put them in a shopping block and you just cut their head off with a fucking big ass ax. You are the executioner. And that's, that's literally it's it's i'm no joke that's how simple it is it's so fucking simple bro like when you get a ticket lawyers are generally speaking pretty dumb honestly <laughs> and and their ethical level is 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 abysmal and i've had i've had probably four or five lawyers and probably four or five accountants reach out to me and say they learn more in my free course made by a guy who calls himself one stupid fuck on the internet <laughs> than they did in all eight years or whatever of their entire college education. And the reason why is because it, 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 they don't teach you in college to look at the actual fucking law. Accountants and lawyers are not trained to look at the law. They're trained to look at cases. The cases are where other people looked at the law. So they're like twice removed. They're not trained to look at the law. They're trained to look at other people who looked at the law 150 years ago. Hey, you're not wrong because every single time somebody brings up something that gets somebody out of trouble, they're always bringing up a different case. It's th this person versus the state of this or this or that. You never hear somebody really go back to the straight is, law. Yeah. The problem with that is that you can find case law for anything. You can find case law that automatic uh, arms are illegal. You can find case law that automatic arms are completely legal. You can find case law that, that you have the right to travel and you can find case law that you do not have the right to travel. You can find case law that, that sexy women can walk around topless and you can find case law that sexy women cannot walk around topless. They will be murdered on site. You can find case law for fucking absolutely anything you would like to find. So the problem is, is that a case law is, is considered almost like religious in itself, but it's not. The, the, only, the only real way that you're ever going to, in my opinion, ever going to understand law is you want to move I use case law as a very, very weak, pathetic little cherry on top to try to make points of what I'm trying to make. And I even tell people straight up because people are like, oh, case law is like the fucking I, I'm like, look, case law is not dumb mean shit. It's fucking practically worthless. It's an opinion of a judge. It's an opinion of a, of a jury. But I'm going to share this with you anyways. And I share it. But case law is not. All these, all these lawyers and all these accountants are running around case law, case law, case law, case law, case law. Don't mean shit. 
Case law is an interpretation of statute. And the greatest interpretation of statute, you don't need to interpret statute. You just look at the definitions. And when you look at the definitions of statute, you are the king. You become the king. Whatever you say, whatever you want, whatever you do, if you have the statute and you have the definitions, you are the king. And whatever you say is exactly what's going to happen. And no case law is going to break that. So, like, if you're trying to get, like, like you're trying to get, t- if you're going to get ticketed by a cop, for example, for anything, no matter what it is, if you're set up the way that you're set up, assumably, when they have to ticket somebody, it has to go to a number. So it's either your like your state ID number or it's your social security number. But if you're set up the way you are, assumably, you probably don't have either of those. So even if they did try to ticket you, like, would they even be able to like bring you up in the system to be able to even like put a ticket to a name? Uh, so, so, so it's, it's kind of a long, so first off I have a a special passport. So, so there's different types of passports, right? There's passports for us citizens and there's passports for nationals. Okay. So when you have a national passport, you're going to use that for most of your traveling and, and all identification purposes. I do not carry a driver's license. I physically do not have a driver's license. That's a whole other story. But uh, basically, the, the passport is what you're going to use for all transportation-related whatever, right? Now, the way that I, I, I change the contract for my driver's license, okay? And basically, the way it works is if you look on your, on your uh, long-form birth certificate of when you were born, there is two different dates on there. There's the birth date, which is the date you were born. And then there was a date that like the local health administrator or health minister received the documentation of your birth certificate. It's like date received by health minister or whatever like that. Usually usually like a couple of weeks after you were actually born. Right? So that date is the date that they opened up a corporation of your name in all capital letters. So when you look at all your bills and you look at all, you've probably heard this before. I can tell. I was actually going to bring it up with the whole different the variations of names because I've heard it before, but I never really got in depth with it. Yeah. I figured that you'd know the whole thing about capitalizing and like putting uppercase letters in the name or even adding so, the middle so name. So every single too. person, yeah. So every single person who has a social security number is a business owner. Okay, and and you don't realize it, but your name in all capital letters is a business. It actually full blown. It is a full blown corporation. So when they summon you to court or when they write you a ticket or when someone mails you a bill, all your bills, all your credit cards, anybody listening to this fucking podcast, pull out all your credit cards, pull out all your bills, pull out all your fucking insurance policies, pull out your mortgage, pull all that shit out and fucking go and, and pull out your fucking your credit cards, your your state IDs, your driver's license, pull all that shit out and put it all over your table. Every single one of those is going to have your name in all capital letters. And the reason why that is is because that's your corporation, right? So so the 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 issue behind your rights, you have two different major issues behind why you don't have any rights, okay? And when I say you don't have any rights, I mean literally nothing. There's two two major problems and there's two major barriers between you and your rights. Okay. The first one is you say that you're a US citizen. Big fucking no no. Okay. You're not a US citizen, and a US citizen doesn't have any fucking rights, and a US citizen is a slave piece of shit. Okay. 
The second problem is that you respond and behave in a way that shows that you're acting as though you are your name in all capital letters, which is a corporation. That's no different than let's say you had a company that was called uh, Inquiries of Our Reality Incorporated. And they wrote a letter to Inquiries of Our of your mind incorporated or whatever. Right. And you, you responded in a way that that was basically, you were saying that you weren't a representative of that company. You physically are that company. So people mistake their all capital letter name thinking that it's them. It's not you. It's a corporation. That is your name in all capital letters that represents you in the corporate world. Okay. It's like, it's like there's two different worlds and there's like this little line that runs into the corporate world. And then there's a body, a false fake body, a fictitious body inside that corporate world. That's your all capital letter name. Right. So once you, it's, it's not even so much like paperwork, it's more or less the mindset you're operating as two different persons in law because the, the definition of the word person is also really fucked up. The definition of the word person means a natural person, a corporation, uh, a trust, a partnership, whatever, right? So when you sign a documentation to open up a credit card and it says person, 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 you have no idea who they're fucking talking about. You're talking about my all capital letter corporation or are you talking about me? Who the fuck are you talking about, right? And that's that. That's also a, a huge issue, and 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 a really really key part of all of this. I mean, the definition of the word "person" is 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 practically a sa- a slave manufacturing center, right? So so when you realize that when you look on your long form birth certificate, you realize you have two different birthdays, and you actually operate as two different people, persons. You operate as two different persons, right? One is you and you have a birthday and then you're all capital letter corporation, which also has a birthday, right? Now, my driver's license, I signed it as the agent for the corporation of my name in all capital letters. So I basically approved my driver's license for my all capital letter name but I myself do not have a driver's license. And that's the way that I did it. So, so if they pulled my information up because I gave them a passport and they said, they can't give you any tickets based off a passport, by the way, it's impossible. It's physically impossible. But there has been some reports recently of people finding the driver's license via the passport information. Now, if they do that again, I just go to court and I say, uh, you know, I don't have a driver's license. I signed the driver's license on behalf of the corporation. The corporation has a driver's license and I do not. The corporation was not located in the car, nor was driving the car. I was actually the one who was operating that motor carrier. So the thing is, is that the, the all capital letter name of which has the driver's license was not involved in this transaction in any way, shape or form that's the truth because it's two different persons. So which person was the one who was driving the automobile? It was me, not, not my all capital letter name corporation. 
And that it's very complicated, obviously. It's complicated on a purpose. The whole point is, is it's supposed to be so convoluted that the thing is, is that corporations don't have human rights because they are not human. They are corporations. The definition of a corporation is basically uh, you, you, you actually go to the government and you actually request to be essentially incorporated underneath all of their rules and this sort of thing. Every single corporation in the whole country is essentially a subcorporation of United States. It's all, all the people listening to this podcast, all your cor- all your corporations and all of your bank accounts are all actually legally owned by the government. And we actually found actual laws. I think I can maybe pull this up super fast. Oh, so assumably the way it's set up then is that there's the, the corporation of the state and then the corporation of you yourself. That's like a subsection of that state then. Correct. So it's almost kind of like yeah, looking so, at like so a parent you're, company you're, going down well, to no, like smaller companies, right? I don't have a, I wish I had a dry erase board. Uh, it's in the other room. So, so your parents both have their own corporations of their names in all capital letters. What a birth certificate actually is, is it's stating that this corporation of your mom in all capital letters and this corporation of your dad in all capital letters now have opened a sub corporation below those two corporations. Your mom and your dad corporations go to their parents' corporations and their parents' corporations go to their parents' corporations. And it goes all the way back to 1871. And the original corporation behind all of these corporations is United States or the District of Columbia. So, assumably, too, like when they start trying to take money out of your like check or something like that because you're not paying taxes, the reason that they're able to do that is because they technically own your bank account because it's they're pulling from the corporation, then, right? Yep. Well, you're look on your bank account, go look up your bank account right now, and, and you'll see your name is in all capital letters. It's not a bank account underneath you, it's a bank account underneath your corporation in all capital letters. The corporation in all capital letters is owned property of the District of Columbia. So they just dip in and grab shit whenever they want. They don't want to do it too much because they don't want to tip people off, right? But here, I'm going to show you something. Check this out. So, 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 so CFR means Code of Federal Regulations, right? So if someone goes on to Google and they type in 14 space CFR space 47.2, 47.2. This is a definition section. Again, in my opinion, the definitions is where all the secrets are at, okay? Now, it says here, the following are definitions of terms. You, do you mind if I share my screen? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Let me see if I uh, see how to cast it over. Um, no, I got it right here on my end. I, I use... Uh, I use uh, this all the time on my shows. So check this out. So I'm sharing my screen. So here we go. So, so this is uh, Cornell University. Again, you can go on Google. I'm going to explain this real simple. Go on Google, type in this right here, 14 CFR 
You don't need this. This is a subsection sign. Just ignore this. You don't need to use this. You just type in 14 CFR 47.2. It'll come right up. Cornell University, click on that, and it'll pop up this screen that I'm looking at right now. So the following are definitions of terms used in this part. Citizen of the United States or U.S. citizen means one of the following, right? A partnership, each of whose partners is an individual individual who is a citizen of the United States, a corporation or association organized under the laws of the United States or a state, the district of Columbia or a territory of the United States of which the president and at least two thirds of the board of directors and other managing officers are citizens of the United States, which is under the actual control of citizens of the United States and in which at least 75% of the voting interest is owned or controlled by persons that are citizens of the United States. So what that means is if you have a corporation and two thirds of the board of directors of that corporation and other managing officers are citizens, the company or corporation itself individually is considered a U.S. citizen. A U.S. citizen is, again, United States means, and I'll show you that as well here now that we have this open. So we have uh, uh, 28 U.S.C. 3002. We're going to go, again, definitions. We're going to go to Cornell University, go down to Section 15. Section 15, United States means a federal corporation, right? Now we're going to go to UCC 9-307. We're going to go to Cornell University. We're going to scroll down to subsection H. Location of the United States. The United States is located in the District of Columbia. So what they're saying in 14 CFR 47.2 is they're saying that any corporation that has at least two-thirds of the board of directors uh, or managing officers that are citizens of the United States uh, the company itself is physically located in the District of Columbia and is, is giving dominion to the corporate element of the District of Columbia in exchange for protection of its privileges as a corporation. So it is actually physically owned property of the corporate element of the District of Columbia or otherwise known as United States. And that's how it works. So, so the thing is, is there's two different, there's two different, there's two different worlds. Okay. One is the public world and one is the private world. The public world is corporations, partnerships, LLCs, sole proprietorships, S corps, C corps, etc. The private world is trusts. So trusts, now now it gets a little more complicated because the government issues trusts as well, but that's just part of the scam. Those aren't real, real trusts. Those are fake trusts that are actually corporations that they tell you are trusts and they give them to you. Anything the government gives you, absolutely anything that the government gives you is a corporation. The government physically cannot give you anything but 
a corporation. Even if they wanted to, they can't. A trust, a true trust, can only be given by an individual living human person. It's called a grantor or an executor, right? So some dude like you or me or anybody else can take a, a trust agreement or it's called a trust indenture and you can sign it into existence and then boom, it now exists. It's so simple that people are like, it can't be that simple. That's how simple it is. If it comes from the government, it's a corporation and you're in the public, period. If it comes from an individual human being and it has absolutely nothing to do with the government at all whatsoever, it is a trust and it's in the private, period, period. And no one explains any of it this way because they don't understand it well enough. It is that fucking simple. So if you have something that's in the public, you're underneath all of their laws, all the statutes, all the United States code, all the UCC, all that shit, right? If you're in the private, you have absolutely literally nothing to do with any of their laws or the UCC or the USC or any of that. You are, you are basically the government of your own foreign corporation that has absolutely nothing to do. You can build cars. And the cars have no nothing to do with the EPA. Nothing. You could build janky ass fucking cars where there's like gasoline pouring out the side of the fucking car. It's like <laughs> bursting into flames and shit. You can do whatever the fuck you want. It's completely legal. You can you can saw off people's arms and install cyborg arms. You can fucking build crazy computer systems that fucking God knows what. You're you're not under the EPA. You're not under taxation. You know. Now at the same time, you can't use those systems to your advantage either. Like for example, if you, if you needed help or if you needed assistance or if, if there was something that you wanted to do and you didn't know how to do it and you wanted some help from a government agency or something like that, you're not paying into those government agencies anymore. So you also cut off your ability to receive benefits from those government agencies. So you have to make a choice. Now, the other thing is too, is you can have multiple entities, you can have one entity, which is a corporation in the public, and you can have one entity, which is trust in the private, and you can operate them both and you can have them flow into each other. This is obviously way more advanced. There's almost nobody in the whole planet that knows how to do any of this shit. But basically, uh, there's two different worlds, essentially, right? And no one knows about any of this information. Uh, accountants don't know about it. Lawyers don't know about it. Nobody knows about it, right? So to think that you're going to go to a lawyer or an accountant to figure out... A, the definition of CPA, think about it, certified public accountant. They are only trained on the public side, right? Mm -hmm. So I tell people I'm a CPA and they go, oh, you're a CPA. Where do you go to school? I go, no, 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 no. I'm not a public accountant. I'm a private accountant. There is no schooling available to become a CPA in the private. You can only become a CPA in the private if you, if you do it just completely on your own underground. There's no, there's no, there is no education for it. They don't want you to know how to do it. So there is no, there is no, there is no, there is no open education on how to do it. If you want to become a private accountant, you're on your own <laughs> fully. So, so uh, there's two different, there's two different worlds at play here. And people think that they're, they're stuck in the public. You are not stuck in the public at all. You can operate as much in the public as you would like or as much in the private as you would like 
to whatever degree, completely within your own will. And, and when you dig into the USC and you dig into the laws enough, they even say the same fucking thing. Now they're not thrilled about you knowing about it. Of course not, you know, <laughs> but the, it's all in black and white right there. They're now they're not, they're not doing paid ads and putting it on CNN. They're, 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 they're not going to spend $1 of their own money to promote this information, but it is in their statutes in black and white. So um, kind of moving forward a little bit into uh, some of the books that you've written, are they on these same topics, kind of breaking it down for people a little bit more, or do they kind of go into other topics? No. So, so, so the state national theory page that I have on my website, which is all about all the stuff that we're talking about, that's about the size of a book. That one's for free on my website, but it's like a live document. I like update it and change it quite often. The other two books that I have that are actual physical books uh, one of them is called "Don't Be a Slave." Don't be a slave to your clients. Break your chains and regain your sanity. That one's all about um, building marketing and sales systems in a way where you educate your clients and you bring them like a lot of uh, value uh, before they even really come into your door at all. And it's about it's about melting down price resistance and and stress levels just to the ground, right? And it's a it's a very different way of 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 marketing. It's based a lot off of like uh, Dan Dan S. Kennedy's teachings and stuff like that, right? Um, that's the first book. The second book is called Love is a Battery, which is based off of uh, romance and seduction and sex and that kind of thing. And it has to do with uh, relating all of that to the the physics of the way a battery or ACDC energy operates, right? So it's like a – it's 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 sort of nerdy, but not really um, – and uh, yeah, that's it. Those are the those are the two books that I've written. I was gonna say, if you want to break down that, uh, even the the first one a little bit, but the second one definitely. Um, I'm sure the listeners would love to hear about it. So the first one, the first one, don't be a slave to your clients. That one, that one's all about like uh, what I do is it's the same thing that I do in the in the one stupid fuck stuff, right? So, so it's basically how do you how do you create a relationship with your clients and that kind of thing straight out the gate. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's basically creating a free course and educating clients on, on everything they need to know about your industry. Like for example, you're a plumber, right? How do you take care of the pipes in your 100 year old home? Or how do you, you know, what are the different materials of pipes that you should be using and why? And, 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 you know, you see how the pipes come down like this and then they loop around like this and then they come out. Like, why is there the loop de loo? You know, like just, just the basic information that anybody who owns their home should know about pipes just to even own a fucking home basically. Right. And you create a whole free course and you educate these people and you give them a lot of really, really amazing information about their pipes or whatever. Now, when they come to you, they're not going to have this price resistance, low trust horseshit that you experience everywhere else where they call in and it takes 180 phone calls to get a, an appointment and it takes 480 appointments to get a sale, right? You're, you're, creating, you're creating more of a relationship with your clients. And there's a lot more to the book than that, but that's, that's the basic idea, the basic backbone of how to, how to create that, that course and how to work the phones and, and how to do a lot of things that you see in, in a lot of what I'm doing now with my branding and stuff like that. And then in, in, in love is a battery, like a battery is broken down where you have two different terminals of, of potential opposing 
energy, right? You have the positive terminal and you have the negative terminal, right? And then you have the battery acid and then you have space. For example, if the two terminals touch like a, like a magnet, all of a sudden that flow, that energy, that tension disappears instantly, right? So you have space, you have a base, some kind of a base that holds the two terminals apart from each other. You have the battery acid, the electrolytes, you have the positive, you have the negative, uh, that's the that's the basic composure of a battery, right? Or or yeah, anyways, a battery. So when you take all those same elements and you and you relate them to like dating and sex, you have you have these two different terminals, which is the which is the the male and female in a in a, in a traditional relationship, and then you have the electrolytes, which is like the communication and that kind of thing. And you have the space, right? And the space is, I think where people get all fucked up, right? Like they want more space or less space or they, the space is uncomfortable for them. This and that Well, it's the same for a fucking battery. Because if you didn't have, if you didn't have the base that holds the two terminals apart from each other, when you start getting like a strong flow of energy going in between the two terminals, they're going to do what? Similarly, they get pulled together, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's a magnetism. That's part of the flow of, of two different terminals of, of opposite potential creating when they create a lot of strong flow. That's what, that's what essentially sexual tension is. That's what, that's what. And then what happens is that the sexual tension between two people causes them to go like this. But the problem is, is that in nature, when two terminals go like this, what happens? Clash and explode, assumably. <laughs> no, the, the flow between the two terminals ends. It's sort of like having two, 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 two uh, magnets and they get closer and closer and closer. You feel all that tension. And then when they touch, it just, it goes away. And then as soon as you start pulling them away, you start feeling that tension again, right? There has to be space in order for to get flow of energy, right? So, so a lot of that is is really really fascinating because you you have to create space. You have to be willing to create space. There's ways to create space. Like for example, complimenting someone has a tendency to reduce the space, whereas whereas rejecting someone or making fun of someone or doing something like that has a tendency to increase the space. And that's why, in my opinion, that's why men fuck with each other so much because it's sort of like, if we get too close, we're considered gay. Right. But if we, if we continue to fuck with each other and fuck with each other, it's sort of like, that's the male way to mechanically create space. I mean, even going into like a, like a nor- like a male female relationship too. It seems like the best ones always seem to work out when you kind of have this not constant nice all the time, but you guys are able to kind of like insult each other. So, assumably, it's kind of like you're doing this bring back, bounce back kind of concept all the time, and that's how you get that even flow going with a good relationship. It's space control. Hmm? I mean, if you think about it from from like a totally technical standpoint, that is space control. So, assumably, according to like like your book, that's something that you'd want to continuously kind of do, right? Is not be, of course, like too insulting, but you still want to be able to kind of like bounce back, keep each other on your toes, kind of a concept. Because then, um, it 
keeps that keeps that distance at like a constant spot. But it's like you don't want to do it too much because otherwise the gap's going to get too far, and then there's not going to be a flow between them because they're going to be too far from each other, right? You gotta gotta keep it in that good comfort middle zone. Yeah, and if it gets a little too close, then you 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 use space control and you space it out. If it gets a little too far away, you use space control and bring it back. Space control <laughs> makes complete sense. <laughs> so so it's sort of like it's sort of like taking taking sex and love and romance, which is this completely esoteric, who knows kind of a thing, and sort of trying to ground it. Not not and one thing to be very clear, I don't ground it in a way to try to make it unbeautiful or or uninteresting or to reduce the mystery behind it it's not about that it's to actually appreciate what it is even more it's it's people get confused about that point it's not a it's not it has nothing to do with um ruining the excitement and the surprise of it all it just has to do with bringing it a little bit more down to earth rather than it being this completely wild interspatial crazy who knows anything about it whatever kind of a deal you know i mean even like those uh relationships where they seem like they're always on top of each other things like that they never seem to work out that great assumably because it's like you're you don't have that like tension of like you, you almost want a little bit you know it kind of keeps the the excitement the like romance going but if you guys are always like on top of each other then you never get that space and then you never really get to appreciate that connection together so in turn it ends up weakening the connection because you never really appreciate it because you're always stuck in it exactly exactly it's uh the the space is absolutely probably the most critical aspect to energy flow and 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 I think that when you start to get get a lot better at controlling the space for the benefit of both parties, it makes the whole thing a lot more fun and exciting and enjoyable for for everybody. You know. So, if uh, anybody is looking to find your books, uh, where are they available at? Where can they come and find them at? Uh, my website is a central hub for all of this. They can they can find all my stuff, all my 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 YouTube channel. I have a channel that I do uh, Riverside uh, podcast as well about uh, a lot of the new discoveries that we're doing with uh, with the state national and all the crazy shit, and all the legal shit. Um, and then I have uh, my LinkedIn and my Facebook and my Instagram's all there. And then I have podcasts uh, where I've been on, on guests on other people's shows, including this one. I have a whole section for that. And I have a free course that I give away called the Contract Killer Course. I have a bio. I have a, a fan page where fans send me stuff and I put it on there. It's all on my website, which is onestupidfuck.com. Fucking love that website name. <laughs> I had to like double check when I looked at the bio to make sure that was right because I was like, all right. <laughs> I know, everybody always tells me that. They're like, they're like, what the fuck is this, bro? I love that shit. I love it. It kind of like uh like that <laughs> kind of like humanizes you in an extent, you know, because it's like it, it brings you closer to like the average person instead of seeming like you're you're just some guy in the internet that has like these books and all these different things. It, it makes you seem like you're more uh, like you can just get along with people better. You know, it, it brings you closer to people by having like funny names like that, being able to make jokes and even just being able to like swear in your website name. It just humanizes you more. And I'm sure people appreciate that. And like we were kind of talking about before yeah. the show, people dig the raw stuff. They don't really like the uh, overly professional stuff. Like even if you are crazy professional, you got to You got to have some fun with it, man. <laughs> oh, dude, totally. I mean, it's, you know, I don't, I don't try to be, 
Mr. Mr. Big Shot, sort of, sort of, I, I sort of, I sort of do. Cause I, I do understand how hard it is to have understood all this and how hard I've worked. So I do, I do appreciate myself in that respect, but at the same time, like with women and, and with money and with all the stuff that I've just gone through hell for, you know, 17, 18, 19 years. So it's just, uh, it's, it's, there's a certain modesty to it too. And, you know, I really don't think anybody becomes really, really, truly incredible of whatever they're doing until they've gone through, they've gone through the shitter for many, many years, generally speaking, not everybody, but then it brings the true sense of confidence rather than the false sense of confidence anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how long does it really take to become a master of anything? (laughs) You know what I mean? Hey, the master of anything is still learning to his last day. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's my whole point. Exactly. So it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's, uh, I get a kick out of it, man. Even to this day, I, I, people, people see my website name and I just start laughing. I can't help it. And it's been a year and a half of this shit. So it's just, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I enjoy it just as much as everybody else does, or most people anyway. Some people go, <laughs> they run away, and then they email me. It's actually really funny. I have a, I have a paid ad that I run on Facebook, and uh, uh, one of the things that, that I became very, very popular for is how I respond to people who, who say nasty shit, and I go down and I just troll all these fucking people, bro. <laughs> troll, 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 troll. Hey, they say the and, best way uh, to fight fire is with fire. The only way to beat a troll is by oh, trolling. It's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. I, I, I have a, I have, I have the easiest way ever to, to defeat trolls and, and haters. It's such a hilarious. I always, I always say, you know, Hey, no problem. Totally understand. Why don't you come on the show, my show and let's do a, let's do a live debate. That's what and, I was going to uh, say. Come take a step up on the soapbox. If you think you can do it so well. <laughs> yeah. And man, they disappear so fucking fast. It's delicious. Uh, Dude, it's always funny too when you get the haters, you compliment them back and then they don't know how to react and then they just stop talking to you. <laughs> yep. Yep, that happens too. I've done that too, yeah. I do so much shit. I do so much shit. I go, um, I I can't even, I don't even know. Like there's just so many troll-ash things that I that I do to people on the internet. It's just so fucking funny, man. Oh. Well, just for the sake of the conversation, what's your personal favorite troll moment that you've ever done? <sighs> Personal favorite troll moment. Oh man! Or if you got a couple of them, I mean, if you if you're having trouble picking, you can I, just throw all of them. Oh <laughs> uh, man, let's see. I I have. There's just so many. Like I I did a whole post one time where I was like, people people were were saying shit and all this, and they were like, um. I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head because the ad, the ad. There's a lot, a lot of people in the ad. Because I've been running this ad, I, 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 I released my, um, course back in, I think July second of two thousand twenty-two, and it's been going ever since. So let's see here. Here we go. There'll be some good stuff here. So. There's so many goofy, so many goofy <laughs> things. Like, like, oh, if you're if if you're not happy, you know, here and you're not going to pay taxes, you need to leave. And what's funny is, is that technically speaking, I, I did leave United States. 
So I'll tell people, I'm like, I did leave. I'm already gone. <laughs> and they get all like freaked out about that. They're like, what do you mean? Blah, 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 blah. Or I'll say like, I've already, I've already left the United States. Uh, I don't live in the United States anymore because I don't. Right. So it's kind of, it's kind of hilarious because technically I did leave the United <laughs> States. Right. So I fuck with people with that a lot. That's always pretty fun. But, but there's all sorts of things. There's like, uh, uh, uh show me the law. People say that all the time. Show me the law. Show me the law. And I, I have a really simple way that I do of handling those kind of people. Show me proof. Show me proof. And I go, Oh, I say an employment contract. Oh, very exciting. I go, okay. Okay. I charge $2,500 an hour for, for my employment. I'm like, when, when, when would you like to get started? And then I was like, I didn't, Oh, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, wait a second. You, you just requested that I perform a valuable service for you. So thus you're requesting my employment, correct? Oh, I never, I never requested your employment. I never requested your, I'm like, well, yeah, obviously you did. You wanted me to deliver a valuable service for you. What? You thought this was like a communist country that I was going to do it for you for free? Well, no, no, I didn't think that. <laughs> so I, I do, I do a lot with employment contracts and stuff like that. Cause that's like, that's what they're doing. That's what they're, they're offering me an employment contract. It's like, hey, you want to, you want to employ me for an employment contract? I'm super down. I mean, let's go, you know? <laughs> You got to um, uh, hit people that don't like your free course, hit them with a, Hey man, I'll issue you a full refund if you're not happy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, it's funny. Anyone who starts a free course loves it. I've never had a single person ever tell me they didn't like that. Oh, I actually take that back. I've had a very, very small handful of people tell me that it's just too crude and too lewd. And there's too much talking about jamming cucumbers up people's asses and sucking <laughs> sucking people off like circus seals and just all sorts of like random like hilarious crude commentary that i have and they're like i just couldn't do it i just but it's like a very small handful of people who fit that category i mean what were they expecting especially coming in with the website name <laughs> i know that's what i say i'm like i'm like bro i'm like you're on you're on one stupid fuck.com bro like did you expect like a like a daisy farm or like what did you you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's all G here. <laughs> yeah, it's a, this is a, this is not a fucking, you know, but yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of people have concerns. Probably the, the number one thing I get the most uh, comments on and stuff like that is people who have a lot of concerns about their social security accounts and stuff like that. Social security is not affected by any of this uh, at all, actually. So you can still keep your, keep your social security. I have a lot of people who are like, who are like, uh, you know, this dude's ripping people off and blah, blah, and like, fuck him. You can get all this information for free, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, literally it says like free course. And like, it says totally free. <laughs> like literally the whole thing says free, free, free all the way through the whole thing. So that, those are always pretty funny. Those are pretty funny. Um, people are like, Oh, we're going to, uh, uh, can't wait to see you in prison. Blah, 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 blah. And I have all sorts of little things like that. Like I'll always say like, uh, Oh, hey, prison's going to be great. I say, you know, all I got to do is just uh, uh, identify as a female and I'll be getting laid all day long every day. <laughs> I, I say shit like that all the time. Right? Get them back on a technicality, man. That shit's fucking hilarious. I saw yeah. this one thing the other yeah. day that was like uh, the difference between uh, a creeper and somebody getting away with some shit. It was, it was just like a picture of somebody going into a bathroom and it was pretty much like somebody flashing and going, I identify as a male. I identify as a female. And then it was like the person that was flashing, identifying as a male got in trouble. But then the person that was identifying as a female, the person that had an issue with it was the one getting in trouble. <laughs>
sometimes shit's just so yes. ridiculous. You just got to flip it back and just show people the literal sense of it. <laughs> yeah. This, this whole, this whole world is, is it's, there's a whole lot of people that are really being enlightened. I mean, we have this informational age right now that's occurring where you can find amazing information about almost anything that you weren't able to find at all, even like five years ago. And then at the on the other side of the spectrum, you have this whole other half of the population or so that's just driving themselves straight into this like complete retarded self-negating oblivion. I'm sure that's more like 70% to be honest with you. <laughs> no, I don't think so because the reason why I don't think so is because um, the media makes it seem like a whole lot more of those people fit that category. And the reason why is because the media wants to make it seem like everyone's doing it in an effort to try to make you think that you're the only one left who isn't. It's a brainwashing mechanism, right? Oh yeah. Because everybody has that crowd is, mentality. I'm from, well, I'm from Indiana, and and going to Florida, going to Indiana. I swear to God, man, think about think about America, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Kansas, fucking uh, Oklahoma, Tennessee. People forget ninety percent of the landmass of America is just Hicks. Yeah, and they're not about all eighty five percent. Eighty five percent, more than eighty five. It's got to be more than eighty five percent. This whole woke. I mean, these people. Oh God, bro, they couldn't fucking care less, bro. But the same. But at the same time, where I'm from in Indiana, especially, uh, they're quiet. Very, very quiet. They're not the kind of people that are going to go on the internet and comment. They're not the kind of people that are going to do shit. They're the kind of people who are going to very, very quietly, without anybody knowing, they might not even tell their friends. They just go into the voting box and they just vote a particular way. Now, the problem with that is, is that now we're getting into this whole other era where those same people are realizing that voting doesn't mean shit. So now this whole huge revolutionary thing that you're experiencing right now, I think a lot of that has to do with these quiet people that they just look around, they just see what's going on. They're not dumb. They're, they're maybe simple, but simple ain't dumb. Dumb and simple are two entirely different things. Com complex is not intelligent. Complex can be fucking annoying as fuck and really dumb in a lot of ways too. Right. So you say the word simple, and people usually relate that to dumb. It's not dumb. Actually, some of the most intelligent people in the world are very simple. Okay? So what you have is you have a situation where all these fucking people who are all working class, who are the backbone of this entire country, who most of which own firearms, are realizing that their one point of expression is gone. And they're realizing that the, the, the people behind that one point of expression of which they have been proudly supporting their entire lives and in which they have trusted their entire lives, they're starting to question that. And that is big. That is very fucking big. Sounds like the start of a revolution if I didn't know any better. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm not, I'm not all about that. I'm very clear about that in all my work. I don't want any of that. I don't want to do it. I don't want to have anything to do with any of that. 
I just want to clear up definitions of words and file paperwork and move on my merry way and not have anything to do with any of this shit. I care less. <laughs> uh, but, but I do understand having grown up in Indiana, I do understand how that might feel. And I do understand that it can be very inflaming and upsetting and enraging. And I do understand how people probably feel most of the country. And I do understand why people turn on their TV and they see this situation getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And they think to themselves like, so you, you people think I'm going to pay tax money to support this. And, and, and there's a lot of that. That is, that is what's happening. And then they say, and then they say, well, something's going to change. And then they say like, I can't even vote anymore. And like, that's when, that's when revolution becomes more realistic. And I do, and I do understand that that is the, the basic element of how this works, but, but I'm trying to not have that be the way this works. And I'm trying to have people educate themselves in law that way they can stop feeding the system of which they do not want to feed any longer. They don't necessarily need to attack the system. They just simply walk away from it. I was going to say, if you're doing like how you have everything set up or you're not paying taxes, most of the time you look into these things where they're giving money towards this or towards this, and then you break it down by how many citizens are in the United States. And it's like for every bill they pass, every single person's throwing in like roughly $10 for as much as like how I've broken it down to. And if you're not part of that system, then you're not funding the system to be against you at that point. Yeah, yeah. We, we, you, you. The system is built in a way no, no one wants you to know this. The system is built in a way where you just, I'm not kidding, bro. You just fucking walk away. It's, it's that. It's. I'm not kidding, bro. And and other countries are probably not set up this way. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But I will tell you, I love America because because America, no joke. You just walk away. You say, you say, I don't live in the United States anymore. I live in California. That's it. You're done. <laughs> you just officially exited the whole motherfucking thing. You are gone. You are actually what's called a foreign government, a foreign beneficiary. You get special EIN numbers from the fucking IRS. Like you, you are essentially a completely different country at that point. You're gone. Man, this uh, whole conversation has been absolutely mind-blowing. And I'm glad that I finally got to talk to somebody about these things because it's something that I've always heard about in the air for a while, but I never got the opportunity to talk to somebody face-to-face -face and really ask the questions and break it down. But I really appreciate you making the time and breaking all this stuff down for all the listeners. And it's just absolutely mind-blowing how simple, but how complicated it seems. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It seems so complicated because they, 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 they I know this is going to be a little bit inflammatory, and I don't want it to make people even more angry because I, I don't want to do that because anger, anger just causes more problems. But, but the truth fact is they think you're dumb. Yeah. Yeah. You ain't wrong. <laughs> the, the ultimate assumption, the ultimate assumption of the people who are behind all this is that you are a worthless eater. You are retarded. They see you as cattle. And the That's sad what part about, 
And the sad part about all that is that when you look at like, for example, all the different finance terms and stuff like that, a lot of these terms mean all the same thing. All they did was sit down and they said, how can we make this so fucking complicated on purpose that it makes people think they're dumb and they just go away because they, they think they'll never get it. But when you actually dig into it, it's just an illusion of complexity. Once you go past the complexity, you're like, this is super easy and simple. Someone must have booby trapped the fuck out of this because it's actually not complicated at all. It just appeared. It's, it's magician work. It's all magician work. I mean, even it's with- just an illusion of complexity. It's an illusion. Do you know, do you know people are so scared of the IRS? And did you know that like, do you know how many lawsuits the IRS files every single year? Do you know, do you know it's a one in 400,000 chance in being struck by lightning? It's a one in 250,000 chance you will be legally prosecuted by the IRS. I mean, assumably, so, if they're so going to go after anybody, they're going after the big stuff. They're not going after an average citizen because it's not worth their time or effort. Well, yes, but what they go after is they go after people who have large sums of money that they're trying to not pay, and they're going after large sums of money that people are trying not to pay that where the paperwork that they sent in is like literally obvious, where they actually have conflicting information. It's like plain as day, and there's a big pot of money sitting there. Those are the only people that the IRS goes after. It has to have all those elements in order for them to go after them. Oh, I'm so scared of the IRS. You're going to go to jail. It's like, dude, if you, you should have just as much fear going to jail as you do of a little over half as much fear as you do being struck by lightning because it's a little over half. It's about, what is that? 250, 250,000. So if you took 250,000, and you divide it by 400,000 it's a it's a it's 62.5% as much as being struck by lightning I mean, even breaking down the uh, IRS thing into more simple terms too say somebody is freaking out because they owe like five grand for example and in the broader picture of everything, five grand is some chump change. And once you break down like the hourly pay of those IRS agents, the uh, like whole uh, pay for their operations, all that kind of stuff, it's like at that point, they're only making a couple hundred bucks. So it's not worth their time because the main component of it is to collect money and make money. So again, if you if you're, you got to look at it again, like you said, the big pot of it, because the average person, what you deem as a big amount of money is chump change to the federal government. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that what people don't understand is that is that when you actually start calling the IRS and you start asking them questions and you start looking at all the different IRS forms and you start asking questions about all the different definitions of all the forms, you you start to realize that there is a whole different world here, and the IRS is actually extremely friendly in a way. And they're actually extremely willing to to work with you and give you anything you need as long as what you need is within their confines of their statutes. A lot of their statutes are actually designed and built to actually assist and help you. I've, I've written up SS4 forms requesting employer identification numbers for trusts that aren't even located in the United States at all, that are located in the, in, the, in, the, in the California Republic or the Florida Republic, and they don't ask any questions. They just give me an EIN number. 
It's one they of those say, things yeah, that everybody's Spaniard? scared because of the name, because they're getting tricked into thinking that it's a scary name. Because everybody hears the IRS and they instantly want to run in fear because of the stamina that they've kind of tricked everybody and manipulated everybody to think that they really have. Well, again, it goes back to the definitions of the words, terms, and phrases, as I say over and over and over again. So think about this. United States means only and exclusively the District of Columbia. The IRS is the internal revenue service. Internal meaning only District of Columbia. Got it. <laughs> it's literally that simple. And the thing is, is the way the law works is if you say you live in the District of Columbia on paper, guess what? You live in the District of Columbia. But assumably, though, even though that's the way everything's technically done, it's actually like you're filing false information then because you're not technically there, right? Per perjury is the word that you're trying to describe. Per perjury is a little bit interesting because, because if I tell you that I am a white man, but I'm actually black, but I'm blind and I've never actually seen like, like Cletus from the first episode of Chappelle show <laughs> that the racist black guy, right? Uh, is that perjury? So not if you're technically a, not a, aware, right? That it's, 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 it's one of the more complicated aspects of law. I mean, you would have to really, I mean, that's probably something that a, a trial by jury would probably be, uh, you know, it's like you, you're, you're actually going to be tried by your peers and they're going to figure out, did you, did you know, did you know that your friend was going to go and murder a bunch of people? Did you know, you know what I mean? Like, well, well, no, I didn't there. You know, did you know the definition? And then you could say like, well, did you ever think to go and clear up the definition? Did you ever think to go and look at a dictionary? Did you ever think it was important to look it up in a dictionary? You know, no, I didn't know, you know, so, so, so perjury is a, a very strange, interesting, but the thing is, is that now that, now that everyone is listening to this podcast and they have seen with their own eyes and they're hear, heard, heard with their own ears, the definition of United States now it would be perjury as long as, as long as, but a lot of people emotionally freak out and try to defend themselves against this information. <laughs> this can't be true. But, but as long as they're not doing that, uh, if you've been exposed to this definition and you understand the definition, yet you still continue to sign forms stating that you're a U.S. person or a U.S. citizen and that you live in Washington, D.C., at that point, you are committing perjury, which is up to one year in prison. So technically, everybody listening to this podcast, signing any more documents going on in the future, is technically committing perjury and can, can serve up to a year. <laughs> They're, they're never going to prosecute you for any of this because they want you to not know any of this and sign all this without knowing. They, they want this situation because this creates slaves. But an even more interesting conversation to have than even beyond what you're saying is, are the people who are listening to this podcast now perjurers for all of the previous contracts that they've signed? I would say no. I would say no, because at that time when the contract was signed, they didn't know you couldn't have perjury after the fact that doesn't really exist. It's perjury in that moment, right? 
10 years ago, you didn't know. Now, you know, what are you, you're guilty for something you didn't know 10 years ago? No. So yes, I would say, now that I think about it, yeah, I'd say you're right. Anything in the future. Now that includes renewing your driver's license. That includes renewing your passport. Now that you know, how are you going to renew those things? You're going to renew them in a different way because you can't renew them in the same way anymore. Because if you do that, you're now a perjurer. But then it comes back to uh, they'd have to actually have proof of you having that knowledge. So if there wasn't any actual physical proof of you having that knowledge, then you could probably get off on a technicality for it. Well, that's the beauty of that's the beauty of law. The beauty of law is it's built to protect the ever loving fuck out of you. But you you wave your rights and you talk way too much and you're just a fucking idiot. And that's why everyone gets in trouble. If you just knew your rights, please the, the basics. <laughs> yeah, plead the fifth. It's there's actually case law. There's tons of case law where if if the IRS uh, requests documentation from you, you can just say no. I'm not incriminating myself. You guys think that I'm fucking doing tax this and tax that. You guys fucking prove it. And they go, well, we can't do that. And you go, right. And then they just drop it. <laughs> the only the only way that the small percentage of people who get prosecuted by the IRS, the only reason why they get prosecuted is because they send their shit. <laughs> it's so simple, bro. <laughs> You're sending the evidence to them directly. <laughs> yeah, it's so simple. Convicting yourself. It's so simple. <laughs> it's so simple, bro. It's so simple. It's so simple. It all, it all comes down to just asking some questions and and looking some things up and having enough self self esteem to not do dumb shit to yourself. I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> so wildly uh, simple starting to uh, wrap up towards the end here. I always like to leave with words of wisdom from the guests to the listeners. So I know that you've been preaching a lot of awesome words of wisdom through this whole episode, but if there was one specific words of wisdom you could bestow on the listeners, what would it be? Um, The, the word person means a lot of different things. doesn't mean what you think it means. The word United States does not mean what you think it means. The word citizen does not mean what you think it means. And there are a lot of other words that you think mean. Taxes, by definition, means gift. That is the, that is the legal definition of the word taxes. When you pay taxes, you are gifting, and it's straight out of the U.S. code, and the, and the internal revenue code, you are gifting your money to whoever you're paying taxes for. It's a contribution imposed. That is the definition of taxes. Okay. Definition of taxpayer as somebody who is subject to any internal revenue tax. So a national is not by definition a taxpayer, but a U.S. citizen is by definition, a taxpayer. Um, I mean, for me, it's just all about the definitions, man. So simple. I was going to say too, like, so assumably it's an intentional ploy that they pick words that already have a definition and then they create their own definition off of them so that people will look up the definition for something like in the dictionary, for example, and they'll get a totally different term than what it's legally defined as yeah. because they're almost like yeah. using the word with like a hyphen at the end and creating their own definition well, for it well, only in that specific great, case. Well, here's a great example of a lot of people are really, really concerned. Most, most left-leaning people 
won't listen to any of this and they think that we're all totally batshit crazy, which is fine. Most right-leaning people are mainly concerned with voting and, and, and guns, right? Now, the Constitution protects your right to bear arms. Not firearms. Who the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> Who the fuck says arms? Nobody says arms. Nobody uses the word arms. They all use the word firearms. Because that also fucks people up, too, because they hear arm and they assume that it's a literal arm and that it has to be firearm in order to incorporate the actual, like, it being a rifle or some type of, like, or some type of weapon. Yep. So there's private dealers of guns and they don't sell firearms. They sell arms. Hence the term arms dealer instead of a firearms dealer. Precisely. A firearms dealer needs a license, needs an FFL, needs to get fucked in the ass constantly. An arms dealer, a private arms dealer can do whatever the fuck they want. And then they legally couldn't be prosecuted or have any liability to the actual, like, because it's not defined as a firearm. So they just have to have it on paper that it's an arm, right? And not a firearm. Like, it has to be assumably defined on paper and not just vocally, right? Yeah, ATF, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. (laughs) Does the federal government have anything to do with uh, policing or or having to do with uh, uh, taking or stealing or securing arms? No, they do not. Because they purposely use the term firearm. It gets a little more complicated. Anything that has a serial number on it is basically a firearm. Because it's a government serialized government owned government controlled firearm it's not an arm it's a firearm like for example this because i have my little my little serial number right here is not this is not an arm this is a firearm sadly now i i I may or may not have other arms that are not firearms because if you if you create and manufacture your own arm and you never serialize it and you aren't a U.S. citizen, you're 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 a national. The 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 arm never went into commerce to begin with. It's private property and it's never been exchanged to anybody else. And you're a national and you're not a U.S. citizen. So at that point, it's not a, it's not a firearm. It's an arm. It's a private property arm. That has nothing to do with and has never been serialized or registered with any government agency because it doesn't need to be because the only time you need to serialize or register a arm, thus creating, turning it into a firearm is because you're a U.S. citizen that does not have the right to bear arms. You have the privilege of bearing firearms, but you only have the privilege of bearing firearms as long as they're serialized and you get your correct permits. A license by definition is permission to do something that would otherwise be considered illegal. It's illegal for a U.S. citizen to possess arms or firearms but they are allowed to possess firearms under certain conditions. A non-U.S. citizen doesn't have to follow any of those rules 
and can own whatever arms they want to own. But if a, if a non-U.S. citizen doesn't understand any of this and they go and get their arms serialized, now they are a national that owns a firearm. The firearm would be underneath the government's rules and regulations, while as their arms would not be. Is it possible to unserialize a number and get it unregistered? I don't know. Good question. I don't know. That'd be something to kind of look into because that, at that point, if there was a way to legally be able to do that, somebody could take could buy all of their guns from the government as firearms, unserialize them, and then have all arms that then at that point wouldn't be recognized anymore. I mean, you could probably just scratch some other fucking thing off for all I know. I don't know. It, it might be that simple. Then it's like, oh, that's our serialized gun that you serialized a few years ago. It's like, well, wait a second. How can you prove it's yours? There's no serial number on it. Oh, well. So I was thinking you know, either knows? that it could, it could be, be that simple. simple. That could or be that simple. maybe you have to have something on paper where you unserialize it because otherwise they may look at it as you're like damaging uh, government property. They might be able to get you on a loophole like that too. That's what they do. It's their shit. So people are like, oh, they, 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 they arrested me for the gun, and they, but they never charged me, but they stole my gun and they kept it. Well, yeah, of course. It's fucking theirs. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's how it works. They took back their own property, basically. That's how it works legally. And that's kind of how they look at your money, too, in a sense. That's how they look at everything. They look at your car the same way, too. When you, when you, when you first buy a car from the dealership, there's actually the original uh, birth certificate of the automobile is called a manufacturer certificate of origin. And it comes on bond paper and you can look them up online what they look like. And it has, it has the, the time and date and the manufacturing, the weight of the vehicle, the VIN number, everything, the VIN number, the MCO. This is like fairly common knowledge. You can just go right on the internet and type this in and it'll come right up. The MCO is sent to the state and then the state issues a certificate of title and plates based off of the MCO. The MCO is the actual original title of the vehicle. The word certificate, when you hear a certificate of title, like a pink slip, the word certificate means basically like a, like a false duplicate that shows that there's ownership somewhere else. The state owns your vehicle. They've owned your vehicle since the day you bought it. And the guy who sold it to you at the dealership said, oh, it's $220 for a license and registration, sir. Would you like us to handle that for you? And you go, yes, I would. And you give them $220, boom, right then and there. They take the MCO, they put it in a little parcel with a bunch of other shit. They send it to the state. You just gifted, you just gave for free. They actually paid to give it away. You just paid the state to take your automobile off your hands that you just paid for. You know, everybody's scared of the whole Klaus Schwab, like, you'll be happy and own nothing, but it seems like America has already been doing this shit for fucking ever, and they've done it in such a manipulative way that nobody even realizes it. You think that you're in the land of the free yeah. and the best place possible, but technically, everything that you have is already owned by them, and they've already tricked you into this without you even realizing it. And everybody's fearing for this coming, yeah. but it's already here. It's already been here. <laughs> it's been here for a long time. You don't own your business. Your business is considered a U.S. citizen. It's a corporation. You don't own it. You don't own your own name because you, you think that the all caps name is the same as you and you use it all the time and you respond to it as if it's yours. They own that corporation. You don't own it. You can, you can control it and you can do things with it, but you don't own it. It's their corporation. 
your bank accounts are all U.S. person accounts. There's two different types of accounts you can get with the bank. You can get a U.S. person account or a non-U.S. person account. A U.S. person is just a U.S. citizen. Uh, so basically, you're saying that you live in in District of Columbia whenever you do that. Uh, they own your bank account. They can dip into it whenever they want. They just don't do it a lot because they don't want to tip people off to all this information. Uh, they own your car. They own your firearms. They own uh, anything you register or serialize. So uh, trying to think of what else. Uh, bank accounts, businesses. They own you to some degree if you're responding to the all caps name. Firearms. Um, yeah. I mean, it's... it's it's Your house, they, assumably, they, too. They are, House. That's a good one. Yeah. House. So you sign for the house under the all capital letter corporate name. So the house is actually an asset of the corporation. It's not actually an asset of you. So, so you hear a lot of this information about trusts and protect your assets and, and trusts and protect your assets. The reason why is because a true trust is the only thing that isn't owned by the government. If the government doesn't own it, then they can't direct you to do something with your property via the court system. The court system can only direct and command you to do something with that of which they own. And because they own everything, that's why the court systems are able to grab you, put you in jail, force you to pay this amount of money or that amount of money or force you to do this or force you to do that. The reason why is because they, they own the corporate entity of your name in all capital letters and you've already signed documentation stating that that corporation is you. So they own you. And then they again, going back to the everything you've ever had. Going back to the slave system, uh, the most literal definition of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you are a slave, and and you you don't own a goddamn thing. <laughs> now, the beauty of America is all of the structure to regain ownership over all of the things that you think you own and you don't is still here. For example, with a property the way that you regain ownership of a property is through land patents. I, I did a whole pod, I did a whole show on this with a girl named Sarah. You can look on my YouTube. You'll see it on there, Sarah, something, something, and then you'll see land patents. There's a whole way that you can, you can bring the original land patent, which was signed by the president of the United States. And it was all handwritten. They're really cool. You can look them up on the internet. Actually, you can go on. It's like Bureau of land management lookup system. You can type that into Google. And you can click on it, it's you have to have your deed and stuff and look up the different zones and stuff like that. But you can you can pull up right in five seconds, you can pull up the original handwritten land patent signed by the president of the United States for your property on the internet. It's fucking cool, man. <laughs> Super fucking cool. That is crazy. And there's a whole process where you you basically use that and then you create a summary and you, da, da, da. it's all on the podcast, right? It's not, it's not, it's not a ton of work. It's not even, it's not even a ton of money. It's actually fairly simple. And uh, when, when the land patent process is completed, you now own your property and we're talking, we're talking, we're talking basically your property is, is literally a separate kingdom. It's a separate country at that point. Now you have to actually privately contract with the police 
and the fire department and stuff like that if you want to continue to have those public services because you're technically a different country at that point. So, so they, they can't even can't step enter. on your property. Yep. They can't enter. It's illegal. So, so if you do a land patent and then you wait a couple of months and you call a fire department and you have a fire at your home, they'll say, nope, we can't, we can't come to your property. You have to actually sign a private contractual agreement with the police office or with the fire department and probably pay a small monthly fee to get basic services because you, your property has absolutely nothing to do with your county or your state anymore at all whatsoever. You can build a goddamn skyscraper with fucking machine guns on it. <laughs> and there ain't a goddamn thing they can do about it. I would love to see somebody get this all set up and have a cop step on their property and then flip it and try to arrest the cop and see what the cop's reaction is going to be. <laughs> you could do that. You could do that. You could literally do that. No joke. You could do it. That'd be 100%. fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. You just walk out. You just walk out in like a bathrobe, bro, and you just got like a couple six shooters on your side or something like that. Because it's it's the Wild West at that point. You They're know? like, you're under arrest, and you're like, no, sir, you're under arrest because you're not, not on your property anymore. <laughs> get yeah. on the ground. <laughs> yeah, get on the ground, right? That's how it works. That's literally how it works. It's it's pretty it's pretty wild when you start looking into all this stuff and you start to really dig down it because it's uh all, all the structure to own. So so the way that the government thinks about all this is that. He had the opportunity to own his vehicle, but he willingly gifted it to us. Forfeited. He it. had the opportunity. He had the opportunity to 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 own his property, but instead he wanted the county to own it instead. So he gave it to the county, which is your typical warranty deed or quick claim deed. Um he wanted to be he wanted to have a US citizen passport. So he got that one rather than a, a national passport because he's not an American, I guess. He doesn't want to be an American or maybe he doesn't, you know, I don't know. So that's that's how the government thinks about all this stuff. <laughs> Fucking mind-blowing, man. This whole conversation has been absolutely mind-blowing and eye-opening. And uh, we're running on about two hours here, so I'm probably about to start uh, closing up a little bit. But I'd love to have you come back on Sounds in the future because we can definitely dig into way more avenues. Because it seems like as soon as uh, something else comes up, there's a whole another rabbit hole to dig down, and we could probably keep going on this for hours. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is that if anybody obviously is interested in all of this, you know, that's all I do all day long is, is study this stuff, and I have a bunch of great people I work with who. Uh, we're all basically working together and, and we have a, a really cool group. So um, we're always, we're always doing something new, learning something new, figuring out something new. We have a, a, I have a huge fan base, tens of thousands of people, really cool, really fun group. And um, a lot of people are testing all sorts of fun things and doing all sorts of crazy things. And uh, you know, if you like this information and you want to learn more about it uh, and you, and you want sort of more of a light hearted fun angle to it because if you want more of like a fuck the government revolution is needed let's lock and load and, and i want to see blood spill there's a lot of that around it's all over the place you can find it in this area very very easily you can throw a rock and hit 12 of those uh mine is i i think mine is the only one that's completely not anything like that so uh and i want to keep it that way I was going to say, it seems like it's, you're not left or right. You're in the middle, <laughs> which is where honestly everybody should be. Because when you have one or the other, you just have extremes. You need to be in the middle and kind of have like a common ground between everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love guns quite a bit. <laughs> uh, arms, should I say? There you go. Um, 
I love firearms too. I own a firearm. I also own an arm. So it's, it's, uh, but, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's both. It's just the, the, the difference is that the, the right is really, really, really the main, everyone from the right is getting into all of this right now. And the reason why is because voting is disappearing and their government is completely off the rails. They have no idea what to do about it. Uh, they, they love America. They love the idea of what America is and they see something very weird going in the very wrong way. Whereas on the left, their, their, their idea or their reality is that this is the way it should be. Or I, I don't even know what they're thinking, but basically like this information is not typically very um, interesting to the left, which is sad because on the left, you can get all the abortions and you can do all the gay marriage shit. You can do whatever the fuck you want uh, when you disconnect completely. There is no marriage laws. There is no abortion laws. There's nothing. So it's just as beneficial to the left for what they believe in as it is for the right, because you can do whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. Basically. That's the problem though. Dick is off. That- People tend ways, to, you know, so want to have all freedom, but within their parameters. That's kind of how both sides work. They're like, we're all about progressing into the future on how things we think things should be, as long as you think like us. <laughs> yeah, and that's the sad part because the, the truth is, is that uh, the the true real America doesn't give a fuck about any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's the all true the real America. It, the true the true real America is just hey, e- either you're hurting people or you aren't. If you're if you're fucking doing sexual stuff to kids and and you're fucking them up, then you're probably going to get executed in public in town square. Uh, If you're fucking people over and you're, and you're stealing money from people and you're fucking people over financially and stuff like that, you're probably going to get run out of town or, or, or worse. If you're hurting people or, or beating people up or, or doing something weird, then, then the sheriff's going to come after you and grab you and put you in a jail cell or something like that. Uh, Besides that, it's like the wild west. That's how the wild west was. You had the sheriff and his deputy and you know, sometimes he would just say, you know, you two boys want to go shoot each other. Great. Just do it out back where you're not gonna hurt anybody. Hmm? Sheriff would just stand there and watch these two fucking people blow their, blow each other away. And then he'd just say, all right, whatever. And you just drag the body away. And that's it. That's what the sheriff would do. But uh, I pre- appreciate you making the time today, man. And uh, again, I'm looking yeah, forward man. to having another conversation in the future. This has been great. I love it, man. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great. Of course. Anytime, man. If you guys enjoyed the show and you don't mind leaving a five-star rating, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, also, if you enjoyed this particular show, don't forget to share it with a friend. Uh, it's definitely something that helps the show grow. And uh, the only way the show's ever going to grow is with your guys' help. So if you guys want to get a hold of me for any reason, you guys can shoot me an email or you can go to the uh, submission form up the link tree or shoot me a message on Instagram. Everything that I mentioned, all available under the link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Inquiries of Our Reality Podcast. And with that, I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would and credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 